where do I find all of these great ideal clients? The ones that will pay high prices and will just follow my lead and go along with what I say and say yes to all of my work. Have you ever wondered why everyone you talk to is a challenging client and everyone you talk to doesn't have a budget, but why there seem to be so many people online who are working with these mystical ideal clients? The secret is not that they're all hiding somewhere in some paradise that you don't know about. The secret is that they know how to make great clients. And today, I want to share with you how you can also make great clients. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. Last week, I shared our lead product strategy and how we replaced free proposals with paid engagements called lead products. And part of what's so powerful about the lead product strategy, go listen to that episode if you missed it, is that it immediately kicks off the relationship with your client in a power dynamic where you are the one leading as the expert. You are telling the client, my time is valuable. You're going to pay me for my insights and my time, and I'm going to take you through a process. I'm going to lead you through a process, and you're going to follow me. And that's really step one to creating great clients, is being the leader of the project from the very beginning, from the very first touch point. When a prospect reaches out to you and is interested in hiring you, and your response is that you interview them to understand whether or not they're a good fit for you. That's step one in creating that, that powerful leadership dynamic. Because the, what you're communicating without saying it is, I don't take everyone. I am assessing you to see if you're a good fit as much as you are assessing me right now. And it creates a certain level of authority and integrity because what doesn't feel like integrity and what do we all completely shy away from? The idea that somebody is going to try to sell us something no matter what, whether we like it or not, whether we need it or not. That's what that icky snake oil salesman is kind of associated with. This person is going to sell this thing to me even if it's a total ripoff and doesn't help me, right? So the opposite of that is... I'm not only going to not try to sell this to you, I'm really going to make sure that you're somebody that I can help before I even offer it to you. So that's part of our fit call process where we assess if this person is a good fit and it sets the tone right off the bat. Then, of course, if they are a good fit, we have this lead product, this packaged service that is the first step in the process. And it means that we are communicating that our time is valuable. And we're saying, hey, we have a process that you can rely on. So that's another trust factor builder. We have a process. We know that it will get you an outcome. We've done it many, many times. You can trust the process. And that's why that's the next step. So again, we're just upping our authority and building our position as a leader in this relationship. When a client 
buys into this and says, yes, they are now agreeing to partake in your process and follow your lead. So we're already setting this project up on the right foot if we do this. Now let's talk about the idea that clients, we're not talking to clients who have budgets, right? Everyone you talk to doesn't have a budget. That might be true. Some people might not have budgets, but a lot of people do have budgets and they just don't have a budget for you. And it's not that they're lying. It's just that they really don't see the value in what you have to offer. And so the easiest response is, oh, that's too much money for me. But the lead product process bypasses that. So yes, we're charging up front, but we're charging people a little amount of money in order to qualify them. Some people who have no money, they're not going to buy your lead product. And we want to figure out who those people are as quickly as possible. Because if we didn't sell them a lead product, we could spend another three hours with this person trying to convince them that we're you know, worth whatever we're charging, um, writing them a proposal, like coming up with all these ideas for them. We could spend all that time with somebody who was never going to buy. So by putting their feet to the fire right there on the spot, we already kind of weed out the people who were definitely not going to buy from us. Now, if somebody does buy your lead product, they're already telling us, I'm a buyer. I'm serious about this. This is important to me and I'm willing to spend money on it because that's how important it is to me. Great. But that still doesn't mean they're ready to buy your bigger packages. They're just ready to buy this lower priced thing. Then we take them through the lead product process, which, as I mentioned in last week's episode, is all about building the trust and authority and showing them the vision of what their business could be and figuring out what that plan is and allowing them to come along on the journey. So allowing them to actually see the thought process of figuring out what they actually need so that by the time you get to the end of it and you clarify what this plan is for them to help them get to their goals, they agree. They see it because they were they were there for the whole journey to figure it out as well. And because they were there and they are bought into this vision and this idea that you have put in front of them, they are much more likely to say yes and sign on the dotted line when it comes to pitching them at a higher price point. Now, I want to give you an example that I give a lot. I have so many <laughs> I have so many students who have amazing stories about lead products upselling to higher price services. One of my favorite very common posts that I see in our in our Facebook group is, "Wow, I just sold my highest price package ever because of the lead product. It made it so much easier to upsell." Like I hear that all the time, but this particular story is just so good because when this student Donahi, she does amazing work and when she was doing the lead product process for the first time, she was she was going to do it for free. She was just looking for a case study client. I tell my students, you know, I don't care how you do it. Just do it as soon as possible so we can get you practiced so you can start selling them. And I mean, some people just sell them right off the bat, but she decided to do it for free, which was totally fine. So she found this guy who was going to do it with her as a case study. And he said, I'll do it for you for free because you need a case study. But just so you know, I don't have a budget. I can't hire you for anything else. And that's why this story is so good, because he set it up front. He said, I don't have a budget. Now, let's stop right there for a second. That's the guy that we're all talking to, right? When you say to me, nobody I'm talking to has a budget. You're talking about this guy who's saying to, to, saying to Donahue, I don't have a budget. Okay. So then she does the lead product. She takes him through the, the experience, all of that. And then she pitches him at the end, how I teach how to pitch it at the end. 
and he hires her for a $12,000 package. And at the time, that was the highest package she had ever sold. So here's Donahue selling a guy who said he had no budget a $12,000 project. So he did have money after all, right? That's the conclusion. Was he lying to her in the beginning? I don't think so. I think he truly meant it. He didn't have $12,000 for her before the lead product, but he did after. Why? Because the lead product process allowed him to experience and understand and value her work so that when she said it at the end, he said, well, yeah, I'll find $12,000 for that because I need that. And I see how that is going to make me more money. If I said to you, give me $12,000 and I'll give you back $100,000, would you find $12,000 for me? Of course you would. (laughs) You'd be silly not to. That's what a lead product does. It helps them get off of the idea that this is a cost and helps them see it as an investment to make more money in the future. And if you really see that value and that future payoff, that future ROI, you will find that money because you'd be silly not to. Of course you should find that money. Of course you should turn 12000 into 100000 Again, I just love that story because he specifically said he had no budget. And this is exactly who we're talking to all the time. Some of the people who say they have no budget legitimately don't have a budget or wouldn't be able to find money if they tried. But a lot of them would. And that's the thing I want you to get from this episode today is that the question is not, where do I find all these people who have all this money and value branding and design and they value these things and are are ready and willing to pay for it? The question is, what do I have to do to be worthy of those dollar amounts so that the people who would find the money or have the money see me as worthy and valuable of it? Because if they're telling you they have no budget, they just mean, I don't see the value here. And don't take that personally. Not like you have no value. (laughs) Just like, I don't see the value of branding and design, right? Which plenty of people don't see, especially because there's a lot of great design out there for free. So of course they don't see the value. It's not their fault. You know, I think sometimes as creatives, uh, we, you, I don't know if I'm creative or not. We, we look at, the, like, almost look down at people who don't see the value. It's like, you don't understand how important design and branding is. I think we say that a lot, and it, it comes from being an expert. But I would caution you to think that because I think it's shooting you in the foot. It's not that they don't understand. It's that they just haven't seen it yet. In, in They haven't seen clarity about how it's really going to help them. And so your job is to help them see it by giving them some sort of experience and let them come to that conclusion a little bit on their own. You can't just educate people on this. You can't just, you know, force it down their throat and say, branding is important and you need to pay for it. If you find yourself trying to educate clients and trying to explain why branding is so important and I mean, trying to even explain what branding is to people who don't know what branding is. I mean, you've already lost the client if that's what you're trying to do. Way better off giving them an experience where they can kind of come to that conclusion themselves. And that's really what the lead product does. Hey guys, I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you love this podcast, if you love this episode, I would be grateful if you would share it with a friend who would benefit or better yet on Instagram in your stories and tag me at Pia Loves Your Biz. It really is the best way for others to find out about the show. And I thank you in advance for your help. 
All right, back to the episode. Okay, so we can turn people who have no budget into clients who will pay a premium price. That's been proven. Can we turn clients into good clients? I think this is even more apparent. I used to feel like clients were such an energy drain. Like every single client, even the clients I loved, just sucked my energy and were so exhausting. And clients never did what I needed them to do. They never got me stuff on time. They were never quick with their feedback. Projects never ended on time, no matter how militant I was about the timelines. It was like clients just couldn't do it. And now, fast forward years later, I can't remember the last time I had a client who didn't get me something on time. I can't remember the last time that I had a client that went like out of bounds and out of scope. Why? Did I just start talking to the right people? No. I got clear on my leadership and my process so that I turn people into good clients. I personally can be an amazing client. I'm very conscious of being an amazing client. I want to be a good client, right? Because I work with clients. So I want to be a good client when I hire people. And I'm very aware of the fact that with certain people who have a clear process and are managing me well and are being a good leader, I'm an excellent client. And then I'm a terrible client to other people. I'll give you an example. Anytime I'm working with somebody who isn't great at communicating, who isn't great at setting expectations, who doesn't follow through on things the way that they tell me they're going to follow through, I end up being a nagging client because I don't have the information that I need. So I remember this one time I was like emailing this guy who was doing some ad work for me. I was emailing him, you know, hey, when am I going to get this thing? And I thought I was supposed to get it last week. And where is it? And I'm kind of like and not getting answers from him. That's another thing, like not answering my emails. So I would email like I started to feel like such a nag. But also he would tell me he was going to get me something on Friday and then I just wouldn't hear from him till next Wednesday. So he was making me a bad client because I wasn't being managed and I wasn't being led. So not only was I following up. I mean, that was a particularly bad situation, but not only was I following up on things and trying to find out information that I needed, but I was also second guessing the things he was doing because I didn't trust him because he wasn't giving me a reason to trust him. In fact, he was giving me a reason to not trust him. I didn't believe that things were going to be double checked or proofread or because I kept finding mistakes. So then I was doing all this extra work, double checking everything. And then I was kind of becoming a micromanager because I had to because he turned me into a bad client. On the flip side, I have some people, someone who's doing my Facebook ads right now, Blitzy Media, they are on top of everything for me. They are very organized and they give me everything exactly as I expect it, exactly as they say they're going to. And because they've been doing that for so long, I barely check anything that they send me. I mean, probably to my detriment, but I just like let them handle it. And I, I think they've told me I'm like, I'm a great client because I really trust them. And really, that's what I'm paying them for. Take it off my plate. Take care of this for me. Not only do I not want to micromanage you, I don't even want to have to double check this stuff. That's why you're here. And that's the relationship that I want from people that I hire. And that's the relationship that you want from your clients. You want your clients to say to you, I trust you. Here's the money. Go to town. Do your best work. And when you show me the work, I'm going to say, great. I love it. I trust you that this is the best that it should be. And that's why there are no revisions. So when people ask us, 
how we're able to deliver a whole brand in a day or two. It's because our clients trust us because we have this whole process. We've turned all of our clients into really great clients, not because we found special people, although that might be part of it too, right? Our, our vetting process and our qualifying process with our brand does attract, I would say, high achieving people because our messaging is all about, you know, being a badass and being excellent and being super expert. So all of those things are going to attract a certain personality type. But also our process is one in which we lead them the entire way so they know what to expect and they always get what they expect so they know to trust us. And that's how you create a great client. A great client for you as well as, of course, a great client experience. So if you lead from the beginning, you can create people with budgets out of people who have no budgets (laughs) and you can create great clients who would have been not great clients if you hadn't put in the effort to make that process and that and that experience for them one that turned them into great clients. This is all in your control. And I really want you to to own it because the day I started saying every time a client goes out of bounds, it's because of something I did. And I went and looked back and said, where did I go wrong? What did I forget? Where did I not communicate to them that I am in charge and I've got this and they can relax? Because over years of doing that and questioning my own actions and efforts and looking for ways that I could get better at it, and any time a client did anything wrong or annoying or frustrating, I would always go back and say, what did I do to turn them into that or like to get them there? And then I would fix it. And over years, all those little tweaks that I did, that's really what became the No BS Agency Mastery Process. The No BS Agency process is years of tweaking to create a process that makes every client that goes through it a great client, an easy client to work with. That's really the goal, because if every client that comes in is ideal and easy to work with, there's really no BS. And no BS means lots of profit and lots of freedom. That's all I got for you today. I will talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 